everyone. Um, I'm Rob Danish, a professor of communication studies at the University of Waterloo, and you're listening to Now We're Talking, a podcast about communication skills. And just like with the last couple episodes, I'm joined today again by one of my students, Laura, uh, and she's going to help me talk a little bit about small group communication today. So Laura, you want to introduce yourself and tell me what what you want to talk about? Sure. My name is Laura, and I'm a fourth-year speech communication major at the University of Waterloo, where Rob teaches. And today we're going to talk about the team advantage and how I'm able to like tap in, aggregate, or use, leverage all the knowledge and skills of my teammates in order to make good decisions. So a little bit in my own words, um, I believe that team members must accurately use all resources available to them, kind of to make the best decisions or have the best course of action. Furthermore, to use all of these resources, all members must be able to have the same amount of knowledge and capability while engaging in positive and productive conflict. Um, this relational arm- harmony makes it totally possible for varied strengths and perspectives and insights to contribute equally towards a common goal. So this summer, um, I worked at with a group of individuals to train teenagers to become better leaders. These teenagers came to a summer camp for a month and learned skills through leadership workshops that were integrated into a very physical program. The physicality of the program made for a great team dynamic, so each member had to cheer on the rest of the group and create a strong bond and relational harmony. Each member of the team at the end of the month was tested to receive their bronze cross and bronze medallion. With the exception of age, the people within the program were very diverse. Each member had a story to tell, and since the program was a month long, each individual had enough time to know and learn from the others. Now, like any group, there are leaders, followers, and people who are viewed as outsiders. And as the group grew grew closer, they realized that each had something to bring to the table. And the position of outsiders that first existed was kind of eliminated. They really started to work together and help each other succeed. If one team team didn't pass in the minds of the others, none of them did. Um, This was really cool, and it was especially evident when the teams were practicing for the bronze cross exam. So one of the components was a timed swim. There was one student that was exponentially slower than the rest of the group. For days, the teams worked on a strategy to help the slowest swimmer to succeed. The fastest swimmer was paired with him one day, the person who was best at encouraging him another. One day, the teams all decided they were going to swim his speed and see what happened. When they all worked together, the boy achieved his fastest recorded swim time, um, which was really cool. The teens from day on, from that day on, swim with the boy almost every day so they could all achieve the goal, which they all did by the end of the month. To, this, to me, is one example of how to properly implement relational harmony, positive conflict, and to use the skills and knowledge to better the individuals of the team. So let's, let's pause for a second here. The, the, so we teach at Waterloo, we teach a course in small group communication, um, and many of our students take it. I used to teach this course. And... Uh, I start often, we would sort of start with a joke, essentially, about how much um, how much the students and other people hate working in teams and hate going to meetings. And uh, we have to talk a little bit about why. And if you're listening right now and you happen to be in a meeting, or you have to have gone to a meeting recently that you thought was really unproductive and really unhelpful, etc., um, and you might wonder, why the heck do I waste my time in these kinds of scenarios? Well, one central lesson of that class is that 
the small group can outperform the individual in lots and lots of cases. And I think you see that in Laura's uh, swimming example in a really kind of simplistic and clear way. If you're working on your own as a swimmer, no matter your physical abilities or your physical limitations or whatever, you're going to kind of work within a set of parameters. But when you tap into what I would call these the team advantage, when you're able to use or connect with the other team members for some end, you can outperform what you can do on, on your own. So in all small group communication classes, the emphasis is sort of on why and how the group can outperform the individual. Now, it doesn't always work. So I think Laura's trying to point to something, some key ingredients that will help facilitate or bring out that, that advantage that comes from working in the group. Um, so why do you think it worked? What wor worked for the, the kid in that scenario? I think throughout the summer, we really pushed the kids to work as a team. Um, and so one key component of working as a team is making sure everyone succeeded. Um, the boy really did want to succeed. And he was like, hey, like, guys, what do I do? And so by reaching out to his teammates. And I think it's really important to note that at the end of the summer, um, they all kept these skills and were able to like use them in the future. So it was something that they could build on for bronze cross and bronze medallion and all that fun stuff. But I think more so it was about creating kind of like the bond within the team um, to physically bring him forward to make him faster um, in the team. So the so he wanted to succeed. Okay, I, I understand that part, but I don't think that that's the ingredient that translates to success. I think that what I'm hearing at least is that that desire is supported somehow by a set of relationships. So this kid felt comfortable or felt an interest in reaching out to his other teammates and that would have only been possible in the presence of some sort of what you're calling relational harmony. That's what we normally call it in, in small group communication class. When there's the relational harmony is present, the one member of a team or a group is comfortable or interested in reaching out to the other members of the group and able to do so. And so relational harmony kind of pr uh, it provides this layer of security and layer of comfort so that individual team members or individual group members feel good about tapping into the resources around them. In the absence of relational harmony, odds are even if the kid wanted to succeed, he wouldn't have reached out to his other teammates or, or the other people he was working with, right? Yeah, of course. And I think that the boys realized that they had a full month and they had to swim t twice a day no matter what. And so they, in that, they realized that they should just make the best of it. And out of that, everybody kind of got to work together. Um, I have another example that really brings in kind of the resource and how um, each individual can kind of make a wider, um, more amazing group. Um, so I'm a Don at the University of Waterloo, and within my Don team, we have... Wait, wait, well, what does that mean? What is a Don? Uh, a Don, it works in residence life um, at the university. So um, we're in charge of a group or a community um, that lives within the residence community. Um, so within my Don team, we have people from all different backgrounds and experiences. You name it, someone on the team has experience in it. And as a Don, you go through training um, for a week with 100 or so staff that will be in the residence communities on campus um, for a week. Within this week, we're, you go about sessions to be a better trained on, um, and there's an emphasis on personal growth as well. Um, more importantly, we are given free time to network with the other Dons. The relationship that I create during the week um, are ones 
that I feel comfortable calling on during the year to ask advice for or refer a student to. And it's pretty amazing to have a network of like 150 people who are willing to be part of a community who want to succeed and have the same goals as you. So each individual has something new to bring to the table. So in the future, I know that I'm still able to use this resource five or ten years down the line. Um, and these individuals are highly trained in conflict management, positive interpersonal skills, and other invaluable skills um, that can really create a good group dynamic. So it, th we, I, we also talk about this in small group communication. I can't remember if I talked about it at some point in, in these podcasts before, but uh, you're pointing out the fact that diversity is advantageous for teams or for groups. And if you remember the, if we all remember kind of the basic lesson of the group is that the group can outperform the team. How does the group outperform the team? It outperforms the team by, sorry, the group can outperform the individual. How does it outperform the individual? It outperforms the individual because it, the group has in its possession a greater degree um, and variety of information, knowledge, skill, etc. So if the group is able to tap into that reservoir of knowledge, skill, etc., then it can easily outperform the individual. What you're pointing to is the, the more heterogeneity or the more diversity there is in the group, that means the more knowledge and skill and practice and um, information, etc., is possible to be tapped into by the team. So um, at the, at really diverse teams can easily outperform individuals because they have the largest variety of information or knowledge or skills to be tapped into, essentially. Yeah, and I think um, drawing from even my home life in that small group and that community, um, the diversity of just having people of different ages and um, different sexes and all of that fun stuff um, really brings to the group. I know like every morning at breakfast, we'd have to be go to our grandma's to eat the breakfast. And it took lots of people to get us there because we were little kids. So um, my mom had to do some things, my dad had to do other things. And there wouldn't be no way that me and my sister would get to my grandma's for breakfast unless like the group dynamic worked um, because we were crazy in the morning for sure. So in that case though I think it's worth noting that I, there are some family dynamics where the older members of the family have no respect for or no interest in the knowledge or skills or, in, or information that the younger members of the family have. So yes the diversity works but it has to be supported by relational harmony and some degree of interest by the, in the other members of the group in the interest in the sorry in the information or skills that other members have so uh, this is kind of a caution for anybody out there and that means probably everybody that works in a group situation if you're in that group situation in that team situation and you automatically dismiss the contribution or um, information or knowledge or skills possessed by one of those group members that will be harmful for the group in two very important ways it damages relational harmony but it also carves out a bit of knowledge or information or skills that no longer can or, or should be or are available for use in leveraging all of that for the team advantage. So the team loses some of its advantage when it disregards or disrespects or ignores some member of, of that group. And that's important to keep in mind. I think there are lots of families and there are lots of professors, there are lots of classrooms, there are lots of instances in which some members of the group are just ignored because the assumption is that they can't make a, a meaningful contribution to that group's work. Well, doing that harms relational harmony and prevents uh, the group from tapping into all of the resources it could for making a good decision. 
Yeah, definitely. And I am in a, another communication class right now. Um, and we have to do these projects in front of the class to explain what happened during the last class. Um, and when we meet, we were all talking about like PowerPoints and slideshows and all of the normal things. And then one of the group members decided to bring up, hey, like, why don't we bring in props and then decorate them and then give them out to the class. And when she first kind of explained it, everybody was just kind of like, ha, that's funny. And they thought that it was a joke. And then as we brought that idea forward, um, because we didn't have any other ideas that were really cool, um, we realized that that idea was like awesome. And we got a great grade out of it. Um, just being able to like, recognize all of that contribution um, was really, really helpful. I should add that th these are, we're dealing in a, in a way with some very broad benefits of small group communication. In the next three episodes, we'll move down to a kind of degree of granularities. Um, so some of this isn't easy. So some of the ways in which uh, Laura just described it, something kind of being incorporated into the group decision-making, some of the ways in which that happens so how you do that work is really important also in order to, to acquire the team advantage. If you do it with disdain or with resentment or in some sort of problematic or dismissive way, it won't work as well as if you do it in a supportive, uh, encouraging, open-ended, uh, oriented around inquiry kind of, kind of way. So how you do those things matters a great deal also. We can't forget that. Yeah, you totally have to want to be there and have to want to contribute to the group. Um, and then you also want to be able to complete the task at hand. Um, a lot of groups have like an end goal, um, and that's the reason that they're put together. And that end goal um, is really, really, really important. I'm working on a student leadership conference right now, and in it, um, we have to create like all of the swag, all the t-shirts and hats and pens and all that fun stuff that the students are getting. Um, and all of that stuff is now arriving and the group is like celebrating the fact that we have all of these fun things um, to be able to use. Uh, and it's just cool to see the like end goal of our work for sure. So uh, I, the one question I often ask my students, uh, Laura just gave us a bunch of examples is whether or not they really do believe teams have advantages over individuals. Um, and in order to answer that question, I asked them to imagine the best, most rewarding team or group experience they've had. And I asked them to think about that and write down some things about what made that such a signature experience. And then I asked them to uh, write down or think about the worst team or worst group experience they had. And I asked them to kind of write down a description of what happened to make it so so bad. Um, I can guarantee that in both cases, in terms of outcomes, one of the reasons that the bad team went so poorly was because that team or that group was not able to gain an advantage over any one individual by using the resources of the group. So the number one complaint is often, well, I ended up doing all the work myself, um, or the work took much, much longer when I had to do it, my, like when I was working with the group. I could have done it faster, and I could have done it better if I did it alone. And that's a sure sign that that group did not know how to or did not understand what the advantage of the team could be. On the other hand, when people describe their positive group experience, they often tell me things uh, that, that indicate that the, the work went kind of effortlessly and quickly and was joyful somehow. There was a kind of positive emotional experience attached to the doing of the work. And it sounds like that's in part what you're describing, 
uh, a little bit in some of those examples, that there was this positive emotional high that came from it. And so the work didn't seem like some burden. The, the person didn't leave thinking they could have done it just as quickly uh, if they were on their own or they could have on their own outperformed the group. They recognized that in the positive experience, they would have never gotten the same, um, the same outcomes or the same affective feeling if they had done that thing that they were doing on their own. Totally. I think that that's really important and also relational harmony um, in coming out of the group is really important. So do you want to summarize for us the, a couple of takeaway lessons for today? Sure. I think that we should be able to realize that you have to want to be in the group um, and be able to perform towards a goal with the group. I think you have to realize that relational harmony is super important and that in the end, you have to realize that the team itself um, is way more strategically placed to succeed than one individual if you let it be as such. Okay, great. Thanks, Laura. Uh, we'll be back with some more specific communication, small group communication practices in the next couple episodes also. So thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next time.